Hi everyone, this is Gwendolyn Dolsky and you're listening to Good is in the Details. And this is the first part of a mini-series called How Do You Maternity? And the focus will be on pregnancy. Now, in sex ed and in health class, we learn sperm meets egg. And then that's pretty much it. We've got the birth then. What happens in between? So I've had an opportunity to interview some women who are willing to share their experiences and some wisdom. And because I found, why is this left out of the curriculum? Why aren't we discussing what goes on with a woman's body, the way it rearranges itself? I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise what's happening. And yet, for a lot of women, it is. The first guest is Dr. Sarah Gaspard. She is a dermatologist with the Comprehensive Dermatology Center of Pasadena. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Dr. Gaspard, what was your work schedule like at the time when you were pregnant? At the time when I was pregnant, I was joining a practice. I was maybe, I was, I was pregnant as I was finishing my residency. And so I was joining a practice of two women who wanted somebody to work in the afternoons. So with my first child, when I was uh, pregnant with her, I worked every afternoon. And then as my practice started to grow and we built out our new space, which we're in currently, then I changed my schedule and worked depending on the day, usually from 7 a.m. to 11, and then I would have the rest of the day off. Okay, so from 7 a.m. to 11, mm-hmm. okay. So I changed my morning schedule to be very early so that I could uh, be with them the rest of the day. So are you a morning person? Was very it easier? Much, much, okay. very, I'm very much a morning person. So what were your first symptoms of pregnancy? I knew I was pregnant three days before my mis period. And oh. so I had the... I had a different perspective because I was waiting for symptoms. Just, I would say fatigue for both. Both pregnancies were just fatigue. Okay, so this is what I'm struggling with. How do you get through the professional life and the fatigue and the brain fog? The brain fog was real. When I took my (laughs) boards, I was six months pregnant and I was studying 20 hours a day. And I remember thinking, this is so, this, this should be so much easier than what it is. I think just resting whenever you can. I mean, just taking the moments that you had five minutes off and just really trying to kind of put yourself back together and rest. Rest, yeah. That's been the hardest for me is just because of growing up with this concept of discipline with exercise and then also earning a PhD that you learn that that point of tired is when you actually push through. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, nope, you need to stop. You need to it's stop. completely you need to rest. counterintuitive. <laughs> I had two very different pregnancies. With my first one, like I said, I was studying for my boards, and the derm boards are very hard. And I studied 20 hours a day. I never got up from the chair, and I took the boards when she was um, six and a half. I was six and a half months pregnant. Okay. And then with my second pregnancy, I had a one-year-old at home. I was running around like a crazy person, chasing her. I worked out every day. I did Soul Cycle until the day I delivered her. Really? Yeah. And I, I remember my last day of Soul Cycle. A woman came up to me and said, "It just makes me so uncomfortable to watch you. Can you please stop coming?" And I said, <laughs> "Don't worry about me. I'm going to be okay." And <laughs> the next day, I had the baby. And I was building this practice, so I was doing construction here, and I was building a home at the same time. So I had two totally different pregnancies. With my second one, it was like I don't even think I took a minute to appreciate what was happening. Okay, so something you have a medical background. And so I'm wondering, was there anything that surprised you? What did you not expect while expecting? 
That's also one of the themes of this show. I didn't expect a few things. I would say first, the fatigue. I had no idea that the fatigue was so real. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I'd be emotional, but I didn't realize how much those emotions play into your day-to-day relationships and how you start to feel differently about your spouse and differently about your parents and differently about your colleagues. And and now in hindsight, I laugh because I think emotions played so much of the role there, but those feelings felt very real at the time. And then I think I wish someone would have told me how hard it was after for your body, just the recovery, those just that one first week. I hate to really? say this to you. But I'm that, getting a C-section. Oh, see, I thought having a vaginal delivery would make things so easy, but it was so painful the week after. And I talked to so many moms since, and it was like, someone needs to tell you how much that part hurts. I think this needs to be part of sex ed. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because the woman's body seems to be left out of the equation that you just have a discussion of sex ed that's really a description of an erection, fertilized egg, and then the baby yeah. comes out. Yeah. Nobody talks about the in-between. Nope. And what happens to your body and how it permanently changes and how different Kinkles. you are. Yeah. <laughs> I tell my husband all the time, our jo- long-running joke is that it's not fair that he's 50% parent. I'm like, no part of you changed. You didn't have uh-huh. to give up like what your figure was. You didn't have to give up any of that to have a child. You got to just wake up one day and be dad. <laughs> so, okay, since you are a dermatologist, what is the line that shows up at around month six? So that's called linea alba. So basically with pregnancy, your melanocytes, which are the cells that make pigment, yeah. all overproduce pigment. So a lot of times your moles will get darker. Sometimes you'll even make new moles that you didn't have before. And then you get both linea alba, which is that line in the middle of your stomach, and you get melasma, or at the time of pregnancy it's called cloasma, where you get pigment formation on the face. And so people get what's called the mask of pregnancy, which women just can't stand. And when does that happen? (laughs) That happens at around month six. Okay, so I'm at month seven. It hasn't happened. It's a good sign. It means it might not happen for you. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it yeah, usually could line, take up to a year to fade. The line is so bizarre because nobody's able to tell me. They can tell me what it is, but I don't understand its function, why it's happening. You know, is it nature's baby on board sign? I don't. Or like, why is it going this way? It's just scarlet letter. <laughs> okay. Um, is pregnancy glow a thing? I think for some, I think for some, I mean, you do produce more estrogen. You do, you're, you know, having more estrogen makes your skin look a little bit more youthful. It makes your skin a little more hydrated. I don't think I had a pregnancy glow, but yeah. I think that exists. Okay. What advice would you give to professional women who are trying to navigate their careers and being pregnant at the same time? I think the most important thing is to take a moment for yourself whenever you can, because everyone is pulling you in every direction. It's easy to not be able to stop and enjoy what's happening to your body and with your body and what you're making. I think what was fun for me is when I see so many patients a day, I see about 40 patients a day, to see other people's reactions to me being pregnant was always really interesting. And you could kind of almost predict their reaction to how far along they were in their rate in their child raising. So like if someone had someone, like if they had a baby, it was always like, oh, it's so much work. And if they had a kid between seven and 12, they'd always say, oh my God, it's the best thing you'll ever do. And anytime I'd say, oh, how old are your kids? I could almost tell you how old their kids were based on the way they would react to my pregnancy. Oh, wow. I think for me, I had a, I had a really special, unique experience that I could tailor my schedule to both accommodate pregnancy and accommodate the kids. And I could work an 
uh, altered schedule. And so even when my, I came back to work when my second one was four weeks old, but I just brought her here. And so I had the luxury of having her here and I could see patients and tailor it the way I would. And I would schedule times where I had to stop to nurse. But for moms who have nine to five, eight to five jobs, who don't have vacation time, who don't, I think it's almost impossible to be good at both because you are always feeling like you should be somewhere else. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I'm learning is that I don't have to do it all, which is hard. I mean, my to-do list was usually quite long, and now I just have to be okay with only a couple things on that list get done. Yeah. And that's all my body can do. That's all your body can do. What is a... You said that uh, a change that your body made, that it doesn't go back. What's a change? Your hips are wider forever and ever. (laughs) (laughs) Your belly's a little looser forever and ever, no matter how tight they are. And... Your boobs are never the same again, ever. (laughs) So those changes, I think, are permanent. I think you have just these permanent postpartum changes that are your battle wounds that you have forever. And I've heard that stretch marks, that that's a genetic thing. It is and it isn't. It has a lot to do with weight gain. Some people are just genetically predisposed more, so their skin isn't able to stretch as much. But anybody could get a stretch mark. If you gain enough weight in too quick of a time, it'll lead to a stretch mark. Okay. And let's just do, you know, a hypothetical here that you have a patient who's, you know, 40-ish and has been seeing you and let's, she's your favorite patient and she gets Botox, but she doesn't need it, but she'll get it. Okay. And she's pregnant. (laughs) Uh, Why does she have to stop that? Botox? (laughs) Yeah. Or what, because when I looked up online, it said, it's just that there are no conclusive studies. That's exactly right. So basically, there are no studies in pregnancy in Botox. Botox is a locally active toxin, so it really shouldn't systemically involve anything, and it shouldn't involve the baby. However, there is no data to support that. Okay. And so if anything should happen to your pregnancy, and I have no data to support something that I chose to do, it would be very hard to defend that in court. And breastfeeding as well? It's off the table? Again, same. There's been no data that there's any uh, toxin in breast milk. However, because there's been no studies, they have to categorize it as unknown. So basically in the terms of, you know, is it safe during pregnancy, is it unknown, or is it risky, they're both categorized as unknown just because there's no data. All right. Is your Latisse on sale for Christmas? Our Latisse is on sale for Christmas. Okay, good. That was all I had to ask. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, thank you, Dr. Gaspard. My pleasure. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can tweet me at gdolsky or you can DM me on Instagram. And ladies, I would love to hear from you if you have any experiences or any some wisdom that you'd like to share. And gentlemen, you as well, let me know. What's, uh, what's it like to be the partner? What is it like to be supportive? What did you not expect while expecting? Is there anything that you wish that you had learned, you know, in your sex ed or health class about pregnancy? And I also want to wish everyone a happy new year. Bye.